0: From Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good afternoon to you. Welcome uh, to the Voice of the Cape on 91.3 on this 24th 24th day of July. Alhamdulillah. What a blessing that we've made it so far in this holy month of Ramadan. Hope, inshallah, you are still. On that journey of trying and um, journeying for the blessings of the Almighty and the last few days as well. I'm Hawa Solomon and welcome to this edition of Questions and Answers. With me, of course, is the resident Imam of the Yusufia Murshid out in Weinberg, Sheikh Ibrahim Wars. Assalamu alaikum to you, Sheikh.
1: Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing today?
0: Very Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. Um, <laughs> now we're in full swing of this beautiful month and looking forward to, to reaping the last. Um, few days of it as well and wishing that it wouldn't go away absolutely <laughs>
1: and just as a reminder i mean the, the last few days are the most important ones i mean we need to you know end the month in a good on a good note mm. so that is how we are going to be ultimately judged you know how we ended the month there's a hadith that says innamal a'malu bil that actions are always judged the way that they are ended. Hmm. So it's important that we do not lose our focus. It's important that we keep the you know the the aspirations high so that we end it on a high note and we hope that Allah will accept from us whatever we have attempted during this month
0: inshallah. Inshallah. Amen. All right, so let's kick off with our questions. Salam Sheikh, my husband's ex doesn't want to work anymore. He pays her maintenance towards his child, but now she wants him to pay f- for everything the child needs, I, the wife, can't handle it. Shukran.
1: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa In terms of the child's needs, obviously the child's needs must be seen to by the father. The father is responsible for the child's uh, necessities. Uh, And obviously that would include clothing, it would include his food, it it would include his medicines and uh, his medications, his education, for example, all of that. Whatever the child needs, that is ultimately the father's responsibility. Even if the father is now away from the mother of the child, the father is still obviously responsible. However, that does not mean that um, the mother of the child must demand every little thing from the father okay uh, it's just what is necessary what is what the child needs at that stage to obviously survive and to fulfill uh, whatever needs to be fulfilled that is what is required from from the father okay uh, sometimes i find that the parents that are divorced for example they would and this is very sad actually they want to get back at each other man it seems that they always like want to take revenge with each other so the mother now wants to for example buy the child uh, the most expensive of clothing in order to get back at the father, and, and knowing that the father must pay, but maybe the father he cannot afford, or maybe it's difficult for him. Now, in this case, we don't necessarily have to go with what the mother says. You know, the father is the provider, and he should provide. Obviously, and he should allow, he should be allowed to provide according to his means. So, if it's, let's say, uh, the mother wants a pair of takis for the shoe for the child that is a thousand rand the father says no, but I can buy him a pair of decent shoes, you know, for three four hundred rand then of course we should not consider the, the, the mother's call here, but rather the father's. He is responsible for those needs. However, the, 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 that cannot be manipulated by the mother of the child. And so if, if if that is taking place, then yes, it is wrong. But if the father, and here I want to now address again the current wife of this particular uh, man, uh, if you see that your, your your husband is giving to that child, of his other wife, of his ex-wife, whatever the child needs, then alhamdulillah he's fulfilling his duty. Don't keep him away from that. Or don't feel every time that why is he giving, because he needs to give to that child. It is still his child. Okay. So if it is within the limits and within what is reasonable, then do not make it more difficult upon him. Accept the fact that he also has a child to look after, uh, that he needs to take care of, allow him to do that, uh, because ultimately that is no one else's responsibility but his. But if it goes beyond the limits, if it is uh, unreasonable, then obviously anybody would not be able to accept that. You, as a wife, now will obviously have a bit of a problem with that, because how come you know the ex-wife wants to dictate certain things, which is unreasonable. So I think, as adults, you need to sit down, you need to discuss these things, you need to talk about it, and find out. And and now that you know that it is the bare minimal that is obviously required from the husband uh, to f- from your husband to look after his child, whatever that child needs, uh, that is what is required over and beyond that will not obviously be his duty and Allah knows best.
0: Shukran Sheikh Salam, is nail polish allowed in Islam and is there nail polish that is allowed?
1: Yeah, I don't know what uh, the question is mean by allowed and not allowed because uh, halal or not halal, I don't know in terms of, we've discussed this before, Mm. it's all got to do with the issue is that if nail polish is going to prevent water from Coming to the nails While taking hudu Mm -hmm. Then the nail polish Is going to be a problem Because Mm -hmm. you cannot make hudu If your nails are covered With nail polish Right The hudu will be incorrect And if the hudu is incorrect Then the salah will be incorrect Okay There has been some people Saying that you get uh, I think this is the term They use actually And I I find it quite a strange term To say that you get Halal nail polish Mm -hmm. You know, because halal normally is a term that you would use for something that you consume <laughs> So they say halal nail polish I think what, they, what what was referred to was It's nail polish that does not cover the nail hmm. That is porous, so to say That water can go through um, I've seen some people, I think in Johannesburg There were some ulama there also that were asked about this particular nail polish And some of them actually did some <laughs> experiments and tests On these things to see whether it is like that They weren't convinced that it is a, this nail polish will not prevent the water They weren't convinced about it So I, 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 did, I didn't do the research myself I don't know what the, the latest is But just as a cardinal rule If it is going to cover the nail Where there is a layer on the nail That the water cannot reach it Then it is not allowed for you to have it uh, While you are taking hudu Because it will prevent the water And the hudu will not be correct If however it is porous like they claim And I don't know whether it is But if it is where it can be proven That the water goes right through And it goes onto your nail then no problem uh, Then your hudu will be correct And in that case your salah will also be correct So it will depend entirely Whether uh, um, uh, it is in fact porous or not In which case you can determine Whether the hudu is correct or not
0: Sheikh just quickly on this question There is a, um, a henna that is available So the henna you put on your nails And then the, you also get it in different colours Like you get it in black and red and yellow I've seen it even in purple So this henna. It's called khina because it works like khina. It's just on the nail mm. but not covering the nail.
1: Yeah, yeah. So but that, it's different colors. So that appears to be just a coloring on the nail yes. and not really a layer over the nail. Okay. So that's fine if it's only a covering uh, or rather if it's only a color,
0: mm. the
1: color of uh, of that particular henna, And it's not really a layer because khina in itself also is just a color. Mm. It's not a layer that forms there. So, if that is the case, then fine. Then, this obviously the hudu will be correct, and subsequently the salah will also be correct.
0: Shukran, Sheikh. Let's continue with questions and answers with this uh, after the short break. So, stay with us. The Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM stereo. Assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm Khawa Solomon and shukran so much for staying with us. you tune tuned to VOC 91.3. We continue with your SMSs on 47913 in this questions and answers. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Please explain the importance of family ties. My brother only visits their in laws but not their sisters. Our parents passed on. They live in mansions, so now we are put on the sideway or we are out of the way rather
1: no. yeah of course i mean the the issue of uh, family ties have been uh, has been stressed in the quran in the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu uh, very important that we try to at all times uh, connect ourselves with our families um, and we should never let our social status come in the way we should never allow our jobs or our types of homes or cars or money that we have um, uh, create a barrier between us and our family members Okay, um, there's many, I, I can quote a number of uh, ayat and ahadith uh, to the listeners Allah says for example in Surah Al-Isra which is chapter 17 of the Quran chapter 17 Surah Al-Isra verse 26 وَآتِذَ الْقُرْبَ حَقَّهُ وَالْمِسْكِينَ وَبْنَ السَّبِيلُ Allah says give the right that is due to those family members of yours The next of kin. Give the rights that are due to them. And also give the right to the poor and the right to the wayfarer. Certain people have certain rights over us, which we need to obviously fulfill. In another verse, Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ra'ad, Verse 24 Allah says And in this verse Allah uses quite strong terms To describe people that are severing relationships and ties Which Allah had put in place And in this verse Allah says Those who break their agreement with Allah After the agreement was made In other words they go against what they promised Allah they would do. And they also sever that which Allah wants them to connect themselves with. They break themselves away from that which Allah ordered them to be connected with, meaning mm-hmm. their families. وَيُفْسِدُونَ fil ard, And they also cause mischief and corruption on this earth. The words that Allah used to describe these people, and it's quite a very strong term. Allah says, Upon them is the curse of Allah. And in the year after, they will have a very, very bad abode. A very mm. evil abode is awaiting them. So you can hear the type of tone in which Allah is speaking to demonstrate to us the importance of joining family ties and the difficulty of somebody that does not do that. Mm. In ahadith of the Prophet wasallam, again, there's many ahadith. I'll just go to two very quickly. The one the Prophet wasallam says, <laughs> if a person truly believes in Allah and in the last day let him join himself with his family let him oh. connect himself with his family and then finally a beautiful hadith Qudsi and I, I particularly like this hadith because uh, it, it's very deep in a sense where Allah Ta'ala says to us in a divine hadith he says Ana ar-Rahman. I am Ar-Rahman one of the names of Allah is Ar-Rahman I'm the most merciful or the most compassionate he says "Wa Ana rahim and I am the one that
0: created
1: the whom. Mm-hmm. And I derived the name of the whom from my own name. I mean, l- listen to the word Rahman and listen to the word Rahim. <laughs> the same root letters. All to do with compassion and mercy. So Allah is saying, I am Rahman, I created the whom, and I gave the whom the name which is taken from my name. Rahman, and then Allah Taala says, "Fman wassalaha wassalatuhu, a person who joins himself with this whom, I will join myself with him. Waman and if somebody breaks himself or severs the ties between him and this whom, of course the whom here refers to the whom that bore." different siblings, Mm. the same whom that bore different siblings. So the one that joins himself with his family in this way, uh, Allah will be connected to them. And the one that severs this relationship, Allah says, I will sever my relationship with him. Mm. This hadith is in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad and many other sources. And it's really a beautiful way in which Allah Mm. is putting it, that how even the name of that that sacred whom, I mean, I consider the whom of a human to be sacred, because Allah Ta'ala says the name comes directly from me, I gave it that name Mm. and it is taken from my name, Ar-Rahman which means the premise upon which we practice these kinds of things and the way we we forge our relationships it must be built on Rahma on mercy, it must be built on compassion and understanding and so we want to encourage these brothers that uh, are neglecting their sisters that are neglecting their families don't do that, try to always show your love to them, show your compassion to them after all, that is what Allah wants from us and it's fine and well if you are on good terms with your in-laws. That is something admirable. That is something good. But do not let that come in the way or that be an excuse for you not to look at your own family. Mm. And like I said earlier on, do not let your, if it is true, do not let your social status also come in the way. Don't think because you are more wealthier than others that you can overlook them or that you can undermine them. Mm. Because at the end of the day, your wealth is not what's going to count in your grave. Your wealth is not what is going to count when you appear in front of Allah mm. Nothing of that is going to matter But really it's going to be how you dealt with people How you served you know, humanity How you connected yourself with your family and those around you That is what's going to count in your favor Nothing else on the day of judgment So we make dua that Allah Ta'ala brings uh, you know, compassion in your hearts So that you can see the importance of trying to connect yourself with your sisters And with all other family members And once you do that you will see Allah will place even more barakah in the wealth that you have and Allah Ta'ala will give you a more fulfilling life. This is promised in many ahadith, that your life will be more rewarding and fulfilling, and there will be much more barakah in the rizq, that which Allah Ta'ala has provided for you.
0: Inshallah. Shukran, Shaykh. assalamu alaikum The next question is, assalamu alaikum Shaykh. How long after someone has passed, must a will be executed? My father died four years ago, and the executor still hasn't gone to the MJC or Masters. The
1: uh, will... Obviously must be executed As soon as the family Is able to Uh, The reason being that there are certain Rights that obviously are now Attached to the estate There are other people who are supposed to take ownership Mm. Of that estate and that would be All the heirs and so it should Not be something that is unnecessarily Delayed as the sooner it can Be done the better because uh, What I found was That in, in many cases where it is Delayed you find like Years down the line, always problems arise because now almost like things have become set in a particular way, right? Things have not been distributed. So now those people who are benefiting from the estate, for example, are now not in a position just to give it up easily, etc. It becomes much more difficult to kind of deal with this. So it is highly recommended that it is done as soon as possible. And I think four years is much too long, Mm. right? It's way too long. It should have been done long ago already. Right, where these things are sorted out, so uh, the executor of this particular will should make it his duty, and it's a amana, it's a trust, which Allah has entrusted him with. He must not think of it as being a a. Some people take it as a, s- a stronghold, you know, that they can have over others. Mm-hmm. Because I'm the executor, I will do it when I please. Especially if it is one of the heirs as well. Oh. Because that's what happens. Sometimes we make one of the heirs to be the executor. Mm. So he wants to have a hold over the others, you know. Mm. We'll do it when I'm ready and when I say so, etc., etc. But uh, remember, Allah is not happy with that type of thing. And okay. also, your parents that have passed on, they are not satisfied in their graves. Mm. I mean, they are obviously in a state of, of you know, uh, worry and in a state of not being uh, settled down. Up until that point where everything is settled So we want to encourage uh, this particular person who is involved If he's listening or if they are all listening Please make sure that you do it as soon as possible Because there are rights, there are hukuk, Certain rights that must be fulfilled As regards to the ownership of the estate That ownership must be transferred to those people Mm. So if I'm an heir of an estate I may be in need of the money I may Mm. be in need of Or I may want to do something good with the money Mm. But if I don't have it then I can't do that So you are actually preventing me from doing that which is my uh, God-given right, which mm. I have over that particular estate, so it must be done ASAP, this person four years should, uh, shouldn't should have taken that long mm. but please do not take another four years or another few years, mm. try to sort it out as soon as you can, inshallah
0: And I think what comes out there as well, Sheikh is that the deceased, who we're not thinking of are actually in, in unrest
1: Definitely, definitely, because they cannot be in a state of contentment, mm. knowing that whatever... Uh, 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 you know they had advised or whatever ha- so was supposed to happen after their demise did not take place. It says, yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, let's just take a short break and we'll continue with questions and answers. Stay with us. The Voice of the Cape ninety-one point three FM Stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa, wa barakatuh. Welcome back, I'm Khawa Salaman With me is Sheikh Ibrahim Moos Answering your questions on 47913 Assalamu alaikum Sheikh I'd like to know what is the blood After m- miscarriage considered as?
1: The blood that uh, emits the, the, the body After a miscarriage Which means there was some development of a fetus uh, Is considered According to the Shafi'i Madhab It is unequivocally considered to be nifas Nifas would be in postnatal blood which means that the, the time period that is given for that postnatal blood is the least is one moment. It can last only for one moment then it can go away. Uh, the ordinary or the usual period would be 40 days and the maximum period for postnatal bleeding would be 60 days. Okay? So according to the Shafi'i Madhab, whatever comes out of, uh, the, uh, whatever emits the body after the miscarriage, that will be considered Nifas. So you will consider either the minimal period of a moment, or it can go up to forty, or it can even go up to up to sixty days. All in which the person will not make salah, will not be fasting, etc., etc. Okay, Imam Nawawi, rahmatullah states in his book Raudatul Talibin, which is of the main references in the Shafi'i school of thought, he mentions very clearly: وسواء في حكم النفاس أكان الولد كامل الخلقة أو ناقصها أو حيا أو ميتا ولو ألقى مضغتا أو علاقة he states in very clear terms that no matter what the formation was of that fetus, whether it was completely formed, whether it was incomplete, whether it actually came down and had some life or whether it came down without any life, all of that, even he says even if it is at the initial stages of pregnancy, which is a mudra. a mudra would be you know, after uh, a month and a half, for example. Right. Even if it is in that stages, or two months, or three months, it is still considered to be uh, nifa, it's still be a formation of life. So whatever comes down, um, that should be considered as nifas. The blood that comes should be considered as nifas, so that the woman will calculate up to 60 days even. If she is bleeding, up to 60 days will be considered as nifas. The other madhahib are not in agreement all with this. The Hanafi madhhab, for example, interestingly, they say, no, we will only consider it to be postnatal bleeding if, in fact, there is some kind of formation of a baby, of a child. In other words, whatever comes down must have already been formed. There must be an indication that this a physical body, for example. Mm. Right? Uh, at what, exactly what stage that happens, I don't know. But uh, whenever there is anything that comes down that...
0: I think it's about three months. Three, three or four months. months.
1: Whatever can be seen to be a child as such, that there are some features then the Hanafi mother would consider it from that point onwards. Whatever uh, blood now emits the body will be nifas. But if it was in the initial stages before that, where there was not really a full formation, of a, 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 a With limbs or with formation of a child Then the Hanafi mother would not consider it To be nifas but rather be uh, istihada which is just uh, Irregular blood that comes down After uh, this has obviously Emitted uh, or, or the miscarriage has taken place So coming back to the Shafi'i school Which we mostly follow Obviously it would be considered nifas For up to a period of 60 days
0: And that is after a miscarriage
1: After a miscarriage At any stage of the miscarriage, miscarriage
0: Okay yeah. Shukran, Sheikh. Uh, Next question is, I have a friend who is married to a guy who has partly converted to Islam. They have two kids. Kids grow up Muslim, alhamdulillah, the wife too. It's just the husband don't want to fully accept the deen. He is a good provider. They never go hungry, and he's really a good man. They have a good relationship. The only problem is he is of the deen. Is this a sin?
1: Uh, we obviously we need to first establish what what does this person mean by saying that he hasn't converted completely, completely to Islam. Yeah. What does that mean? How does one convert half, half halfway? Yeah. Islam converting to Islam means firstly to accept the tenets of faith, to accept uh, Allah Taala as your Lord, the one the one that created everything. No one worthy of worship except him mm. And to accept Muhammad as the final messenger mm. And if you've accepted that Then you are Muslim fully mm. <laughs> Not halfway, but fully If you have accepted that, then you are a full Muslim Of course, what maybe could be, be happening Is maybe embrace Islam But he's not practicing everything that Islam wants mm. him to practice And of course, yes, that is a, a, a defect And we need to to, to remedy that but in this case, if you are, if, if you've accepted the kalima to shahada in that sense, you are Muslim, inshallah, You are, um, you know, a full adherent to the faith, and we will bury you as a Muslim. We will treat you as a Muslim, etc., etc. With regards to obviously the other things, if there is maybe other issues of not being convinced about making salah regularly, or not being convinced to give zakah, or not being convinced to fast during the month of Ramadan, those of course are the arkan of Islam. Those are the, the pillars that need to be carried out. And yes, whilst they are very, very important, and we need to encourage uh, this uh, river to Islam then to sort of uh, come to terms with these things, uh, because Allah Ta'ala says to us that you cannot enter into Islam haphazardly. You know, you have to enter into Islam and accept what Islam comes with and what Islam provides for you. And all these things of ibadah, whether it is salah, zakah, all these things, our interactions with neighbors, all these rules that have been set out. Alhamdulillah, these things are all there for our own good. It will improve our life here and hereafter. And that is what Allah says in the Quran, Ya O oh, you who believe, enter into Islam completely. Completely. You know, give, give complete submission to what Allah wants you to, to do. We are all weak. We What we will say to this person, all of us at one stage, perhaps we are neglectful. Mm-hmm. We do certain things that we're not supposed to do. Okay? And that's fine. As long as we realize that we are weak and we need to come back. We need to return. We need to repent. In this case, maybe the person is finding it hard to do all these things. It's finding it hard to implement all the practicalities of it. And if that is the case, we need to just encourage and encourage more and be supportive and teach as much as we can, especially uh, the question is saying that he is a good-hearted person. I mean, mm. it seems that he's doing everything right. So, alhamdulillah, that is a good sign. Okay, So, he, he is obviously inclined to that which is natural and that which is good. So, at the moment, we encourage him in a beautiful way, explaining to him how valuable it is for him to put his head on the ground to make salah how valuable it is for him to give zakah, how valuable it would be to his faith and to his growth to to fast and to live good with the neighbors and with the family and with your colleagues and so on, to to implement all the laws of Islam little by little, uh, gradually. If we teach this person in this way, hopefully, inshallah, he will come around. He will come to see the light. And we must do that with hikmah and with wisdom and with understanding and uh, obviously uh, yes we need to, to 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 obviously tell the person as well that you being a good person right and being a good father can never nullify the other things or can never sort of make up for you not making salah for example
0: mm-hmm.
1: right because pe- people maybe have this understanding also i i hear this often I'm a good person, so yeah. well, i'm a good person so i mean even if i don't salah i will be safe Hmm. No, he won't be safe. Allah give me. A yeah, example. Allah's Raheem. For example, we should not have that attitude, you know, hmm. because the attitude should be I'm 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 just a weakling, you know. I'm one of Allah's servants, and if He's granted me with good character, Alhamdulillah, you know that is a, a big ni'mah Even that that puts me even in a position where I want to serve Him more, because He's given me the good character, you know. He's guided me to that which is beautiful. So I want to show my gratitude to him. So this is the type of, perhaps, discussion that we need to have with this particular revert in Islam. And we make dua with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Keep the the, the, the partner strong as well. Because here I think the wife will play a very big role in the way that she will influence him positively. The way she will be able to tell him more about Islam. And show to him, not telling him, show to him what Islam can offer for you. What Islam has got for you in terms of benefits and advantages.
0: Shukran Sheikh Khaled, uh, go and pay the bills, and when we come back, we will continue with your questions back after the short break. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3. FM stereo. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We're in this last segment of questions and answers. Where we'll we're taking your SMSs on four seven nine one three. And alhamdulillah, Sheikh Ibrahim was gives us a detailed answer to your question. Offer of uh, giving Sheikh's number at reception is available still. No problem. Okay. Inshallah, Inshallah. Inshallah. No problem. Shukran, Sheikh. Next question is Salam, Sheikh. I am a mother of four young men. Even though my husband and I have tried our best to guide them, still I'm very worried when they go out there with so many things. Our young Are challenged with. How do I, as a caring mother, calm myself inside? I think that's a challenge for every parent. Yes,
1: absolutely. I mean, the time there, the times that we are facing are extremely challenging. Mm. I mean, you don't know when your child goes out to school what is going to happen. You don't know. Even the school that was supposedly always being seen as a safe environment Mm. is no longer such. Mm. I mean, we we are always worried and concerned how things happen, even in primary schools for that matter. Mm. So um, what one needs to do is, and I mentioned this on another show uh, at another time, that you know the basis for children having a conscience and having a focused thinking is if they are heard like that from small already. Mm. right? So if good models is instilled within them as young children within your home, and when I say good models, I don't mean to teach them and physically, verbally tell them what to do. Mean to love good models in your home, mm. to give them as much love as you can. Right? Love is very important. Our children, when they grow up and they are small, they are in need of your love and care. They are not in need of expensive techies. Mm. They are not in need of expensive toys, because that's often you know we want to brush off our responsibility by buying them. We think we can buy them things to keep them happy. That's the worst thing we can do. The worst thing is to buy them gifts And to neglect them emotionally Not to connect with them Not to speak with them Not to hug them I mean how many parents actually hug their children mm. I mean we are so busy with work You know and dunya And sometimes both parents work That poor child You know at the age of 7, 8, 9 uh, Up to 10 you know They are they are looking for somebody to embrace them And to hold them you know They are still at that age Where they need that warmth of the parent It's, it's natural Allah has created them like that So what I want to say is that Uh, obviously now I'm speaking to this parent that's asking this question and perhaps it's already past that stage Mm. but I'm first giving just a general advice you know to to parents that have smaller children Mm. this is how uh, the best to do it is obviously to from a young age try to nurture them and to give them as much love and care that we can and very important be good role models for them in the house be good role models show them the, the right path show them how beautiful it is to live in harmony and and to obey the laws of Allah and to to live in in a way that is pleasing to yourself and to others, you know, in a way that there is synergy and beautiful compassion and understanding. This is what we should do. And for this particular parent, what I can say is you need to do the necessary Hmm. as a parent. So obviously if your children go out, make sure that they are not mixing with the wrong crowd. That is your duty.
0: Hmm.
1: You simply cannot just send them out in the jungle. You need to know where they're going. You need to know what time they're coming back. You need to know who they are with. You need to know what they are doing. And please, parents, don't be naive to think that my child is okay. I mean, Mm -hmm. they know, you know, they won't do the wrong thing. Maybe that's correct. They won't do the wrong, but there's so many other influences. So we need to be careful. Uh, and that's why I do not believe, you know, when, a, when a, I do not believe the fact of a parent telling me that I send my child because I trust my child.
0: Well, Allah's watching them. You know,
1: you know yeah. <laughs> you, you must tie the camel. Mm. Allah is watching and, and we're coming to that part. But the fact is you must tie your camel. Mm. So you can't send your daughter who's 16 years old, for example, on a Saturday night, let her friends come and fetch her and go to whoever or wherever where you don't even know where they're going and expect everything to go smoothly and nothing to go wrong. I mean, Mm. that is being naive, you know. That is being actually irresponsible. So if my daughter of 16 years old is going to go out on a Saturday night, I need to know
0: every minute, every second I need to
1: know what time they're going to be back. I need to know who's picking her up. I need to know who's dropping her. I need Mm. to know who... I need to have a a number where I can phone her at any time when I need Mm. to. I mean, those are the basic things which I suppose every parent will have to. As Mm. awkward as it may be in today's life, because our Mm. kids also, the youngsters, youth of that age, they don't like it, you know, because like you're intruding in their lives Mm. and whatever, because of what they see on TV. But the point is, be that as it may, you are the parent's still. You need to fulfill those duties. Mm. Otherwise, you've got nobody to blame but yourself, Mm. right? And then afterwards, obviously, once you've done all of that, if you've put all the checks and balances in place, then yes now i say to you put your trust in allah hmm. because things can possibly still go wrong but at least you've done the best that you can if they go out now and something still happens to them then allah knows best maybe it's a test from allah maybe it's just uh, something to open your eyes for something else hmm. whatever the case may be so tie your camels do the best you can and then put then your trust in allah and put lots of make lots of dua for them hmm. i mean never underestimate the power of dua that you have as a parent over them You know, This is one of the du'as which the Prophet has guaranteed. If a parent makes du'a for a child, then Mm -hmm. du'a is mustajab. There's no barrier between the acceptance of that du'a. Mm -hmm. So make du'a, you know, tahajjud now in Ramadan, it's Ramadan, you know, make du'a at the critical moments of tahajjud in the morning or in the moments before you're breaking your fast, which is mustajab. Make du'a to Allah to always protect your children, to keep them on the straight path, to keep them safe, to keep them sound, to keep them healthy. Make all these beautiful du'as because Allah listens to you as a parent. Mm -hmm. Don't underestimate the but I think you, d- you reminded me one day of something that you've heard of this parent that was just making a dua for the child all the time mm-hmm. that the child must become a musalli. Mm-hmm. Rabbi wa min rabba dua, which is a, a Quranic dua to be found in, in the 13th Surah Ibrahim, the dua that Nabi Ibrahim actually made for his children. Mm-hmm. And you said to me that the, these parents, uh, this parent just made this dua and She wasn't a
0: parent yet. Okay, she before, even yes, before, before. before. Just
1: making this dua oh, Allah. Mm-hmm. If I get children one day, make them of the Mm. and it was amazing when someone else saw how easily it was for for her children to make salah Mm. she didn't have to tell her children Mm. but it's just a natural thing Mm. and I do believe that that is absolutely true that the power of dua that that parent has should be expedited should be used as best as possible in order to safeguard that child And that is all that we can do Mm -hmm. Whatever else then happens That will be in Allah's hands We've done our best that we can And so uh, that is the best advice I can give for this I'm
0: going to squeeze in quickly the last question What does one do about old Muslims begging uh, Muslim people uh, begging at the robots
1: yeah, one has to uh, obviously ascertain the situation. Uh, the person who's begging. I'm always of the opinion that one needs to uh, obviously, tra- uh, you know, teach people to be responsible. Mm-hmm. So if they are begging, and for example, this is just my personal. I'm not saying you must follow this. This is my personal thing. If I see uh, a boy or a man is begging, but I can see clearly there's nothing wrong with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do something for himself, but he's just begging because it's an easy way out. Most probably, I won't give as easily as I would to an old lady, for example, mm-hmm. an old lady standing at the robot surely. I mean, she won't stand there unless she's in need. Hmm. Or old man, for that matter. If you see the man's got a gray beard and gray hair, can't walk properly. Then obviously, I mean, you can already see that hmm. there's yeah. no way in, in which this man can do something for himself. So I would always like to ascertain this particular uh, difference between the different types of people before I give. The general rule is you give as far as you can hmm. without having to worry. Because Allah says in the Quran, Surah al whoever asks you, don't tell them. Try to give if you can. Mm. But I make this distinction, you must also teach people to be responsible and not to become lazy, because people also take advantage of the situation. Because I've got this where people come to the door, they tell you they, they want some money. So you say mm. to them, okay, wash the car, for example, mm. i give you some money. No, I'm too busy. So what's the point? I mean, you're healthy. You're busy with what? And why, why can't you do a small duty to earn some, some money? So that is where I'm coming from. I mean, right. I think we need to teach people that in that case, begging is haram. You shouldn't be begging right. because you've got no right to beg if you are able to earn a living like everybody else is earning a living, mm. which is halal. But if it is an old lady, an old man, can clearly see that they are struggling, they can't do things, then there you shouldn't hesitate. And you should give, and you should also, we should as a community obviously also try to come to a stage where we don't have the situation in Mm -hmm. the first place, where we look after our people in all various communities. And I'm sure there's lots of people doing good work all over but poverty is so widespread nowadays that obviously maybe they cannot cover all, all the bases. Mm. But we make dua that Allah improves our condition in this country mm. and everywhere else for all Muslims and non-Muslims and all human beings, wherever they may be. Allah Ta'ala alleviate all difficulties and poverty from them,
0: inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Shukran, Sheikh, never a quick answer, and that's what we appreciate and love about Sheikh's um, answers as well. So keep sending your questions on 47913. Unfortunately, won't be dealt with in this edition of the Ramadan um, program questions. And answers and probably move back to a Saturday Evening again inshallah but shukran once again To Sheikh uh, for um, Always readily available and Making the effort to do that extra research And answering the questions so um, Jazakallah khair to Sheikh and please Do enjoy the rest of uh, this beautiful Month inshallah
1: Jazakallah khair and shukran jazeel to you as well and to all Our listeners out there and I take This opportunity on behalf of myself to wish Them inshallah beautiful Eid As well Eid Mubarak to everyone I know it's a bit early premature (laughs) but none I may not have the opportunity on the day, so I'm taking this opportunity that Allah grants you everything of the best for the few remaining days, as well as a blessed Eid, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa
0: alaikum assalam. salam. That was Sheikh Ibrahim Wurz, who is resident at the Yusufiya Masjid in Weinberg. And uh, from myself, Salaman, for now, we'll chat to the listeners again soon, inshallah. Enjoy the rest of your day. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and a very good day. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo.